听，鸟儿的欢鸣，溪水的婉转。听，爱与恨，悲与喜，苦与乐，得与失。听，跳跃的文字，灵动的声音。You're listening to Morse Read。欢迎来到轻松调频美文阅读 ，More to Read。我是沈听。让我们在这里一起听美文、学英语。今天我们将会听到美国著名作家马克·吐温的一句话，美国诗人罗伯特·布莱的一首诗歌《For My Son Noah, Ten Years Old》，写给我十岁的儿子诺亚，以及由中国作家夏勉尊所写的一篇散文《中年人的寂寞》（Midlife Loneliness）。More to read. 用文字抒发感情，用文字诉说故事，用文字穿越古今。Daily quote. Twenty years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things that you didn't do than by the ones you did do. Mark Twain. 二十年后。比起做过的事，你会更失望于没有做过的事。马克·吐温。马克·吐温原名萨缪尔·兰亨·克莱门，美国著名作家、演说家。马克·吐温是他的笔名，原是密西西比河水手使用的，表示在航道上所测水的深度的术语。12岁时，马克·吐温的父亲去世，他只好停学，到工厂当小工，曾做过密西西比河的领航员、矿工及新闻记者工作。渐渐的，他开始写一些有趣的小说，开始了自己的写作生涯。其代表作品有小说《百万英镑》《哈克贝利·费恩历险记》《汤姆·索亚历险记》等。马克·吐温是美国批判现实主义文学的奠基人，一生写了大量作品。题材涉及小说、剧本、散文、诗歌等各个方面。从内容上说，他的作品批判了不合理现象和人性的丑恶之处，表达了这位当过牌子工人和水手的作家强烈的正义感和对普通人民的关心。而从风格上说，评论家们和一般读者都认为，幽默和讽刺是他的写作特点。他经历了美国从初期资本主义到帝国主义的发展过程。其思想和创作也表现为从轻快调笑到辛辣讽刺，再到悲观厌世的发展阶段。前期以辛辣的讽刺见长，到了后期，语言则更为暴露激烈。Twenty years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things that you didn't do than by the ones you did do. Mark Twain. 二十年后，比起做过的事，你会更失望于没有做过的事。马克·吐温。More to read. 闭上双眼，静静聆听，敞开心扉，慢慢品味。Poem of the day. 
and day arrive, and day after day goes by. And what is old remains old, and what is young remains young, and grows old. And the lumber pile does not grow younger, nor the weathered two-by-fours lose their darkness. But the old tree goes on, the barn stands without help. So many years, the advocate of darkness and night is not lost. The horse swings around on one leg, steps and turns, the chicken flapping claws onto the roost, its wings whelping and walloping. But what is primitive is not to be shot out into the night and the dark. And slowly the kind man comes closer, loses his rage, sits down at table. So I am proud only of those days that we pass in undivided tenderness when you sit drawing or making books stapled with messages to the world or colouring a man with fire coming out of his hair or we sit at a table with small tea carefully poured so we pass our time together calm and delighted. Shigyoshiwai 而年老的树木将继续生长，谷仓独自站立多年。黑暗与夜晚的拥护者并未失去，马儿单腿站立，转过身来。小鸡挥动着爪子跳到漆木上，稚嫩的翅膀不停拍打着。而那原初的事物。并不会设想夜晚和黑暗。那个和蔼的男人走近了，熄灭怒火，在桌子旁坐下来。我只为那些在专注的疼爱中度过的日子而骄傲。那时你坐着画画，或者做书，将传达给这个世界的信息定起来
，For my son Noah, ten years old， 写给我十岁的儿子诺亚，出自美国诗人罗伯特布莱，英文版本由 Mark Griffiths 为您朗读，中文版本由南海之声的主持人米亚牛为您朗诵，由张文武翻译。罗伯特布莱于1926年12月23日出生于美国明尼苏达州，父母都是挪威人。1956年，他获得了富布莱特奖学金，得以去往挪威，将很多挪威诗歌翻译成英文。他发现很多重要诗人的作品在美国都没有什么影响力，便决定在美国创办一本关于诗歌翻译的文学杂志。于是， 50年代、60年代、70年代这三本杂志便相继出现了。布莱通过他们向同时代的作家介绍了许多重要诗人。杂志还发表了很多关于美国诗人的文章，也发表过很多针对某些诗人的羞辱性言辞。罗伯特·布莱被称为美国深度意象派的代表诗人，出版了十多部诗集、三十多部译诗集，曾获得美国国家图书奖诗人及翻译家两项殊荣。他和詹姆斯·莱特是20世纪60年代美国新超现实主义诗歌运动的主要推动者。两人也都是中国古典诗歌的推崇者，崇尚神秘与自然之美。二十世纪八十年代以来，布莱的诗歌和主张对中国许多年轻的诗人有过重要的影响。More to read， 文字的世界，用心用心聆听。Beauty of words。夏勉尊是中国著名的文学家、教育家和出版家。早年曾入上海中西学院绍兴府学堂修业， 1 9 0 5年赴日本留学， 1 9 0 7年辍学回国，开始其教书和编辑生涯，先后在湖南师范、春晖中学任教， 1 9 4 6年病逝于上海，归葬于白马湖故居平屋后象山上。纵观夏面尊的散文，思路清断，逻辑严密，朴素严谨，精炼畅达。继续散文描写生动，表情准确；抒情散文则感情深沉，诗意浓郁。叶圣陶在夏勉尊文集序中说：“他是个非常真诚的人，心里怎么想，笔下就怎么写，剖析自己尤其深刻，从不隐晦自己的弱点。所以读他的作品，就像听一位密友倾吐他的肺腑之言。”好，下面呢，就让我们一起来读一篇由夏勉尊所写的散文《中年人的寂寞》（Midlife Loneliness）， 英文版本由张培基翻译。中年人的寂寞，夏勉尊，《Midlife Loneliness》by 夏勉尊。我已是一个中年的人，一到中年就有许多不愉快的现象。眼睛昏花了，记忆力减退了，头发开始秃秃，而且变白了，异性体力什么都不如年轻的时候，常不禁会感觉到难以名言的寂寞的情味。尤其觉得难堪的是，知友的逐渐减少和疏远，缺乏交际上的温暖的慰藉。I am already a middle-aged man. At middle age. I feel sad to find my eyesight and memory failing, my hair thinning and graying, and myself no longer mentally and physically as fit as when I was young. 
I often suffer from a nameless loneliness. The most intolerable of all is the lack of friendly warmth and comfort, due to the gradual passing away and estrangement of more and more old pals. 不消说，相识的人数是随了年龄增加的。一个人年龄越大，走过的地方、当过的职务越多，相识的人理该越增加了。可是，相识的人并不就是朋友。我们和许多人相识。或是因了事物关系，或是因了偶然的机缘，如在别人请客的时候同席吃过饭之类。见面时点头或握手，有事时走访或通信，口头上彼此也称朋友，笔头上有时或称仁兄，诸如此类，其实只是一种社交上的客套和顿首摆拜、同事仪式的虚伪。这种交际可以说是社交，和真正的友谊相差似乎很远。Needless to say, the number of acquaintances increases with one's age. The older one gets, the more widely travelled one is, and the more work experience one has, the more acquaintances one is supposed to have. But not all acquaintances are friends. We come to know many people either in the way of business or by mere chance, say having been at the same table at a dinner party. We may be on nodding or handshaking terms, call each other friend, sometimes write to each other with the salutation of "dear so and so," etc., etc. All these are, in fact, nothing but civilities of social life, as hypocritical as the polite formula "dunshou." Kao Tao or Bai Bai, a hundred greetings used after the signature in old-fashioned Chinese letter writing. We may call them social intercourse, but they seem to have very little in common with genuine friendship. 真正的朋友恐怕要算总角之交或竹马之交了。在小学和中学的时代，容易结成真实的友谊。那时彼此尚不感到生活的压迫。入世未深，打算计较的念头也少。朋友的结成全由于志趣相近或性情适合，差不多可以说是无所谓的，性质比较的纯粹。二十岁以后结成的友谊，大概已不免掺有各种各样的颜色分子在内。至于三十岁、四十岁以后的朋友中间，颜色分子愈多，友谊的真实成分。也就不免因而愈少了。这并不一定是人心不古，实可以说是人生的悲剧。Real friendship between two persons originates perhaps from the time of life when they were children playing innocently together. Real friendship is easily formed in primary or middle school days, when, being socially inexperienced and free from the burden of life. You give little thought to personal gains or losses, and make friends entirely as a result of similar tastes and interests or congenial disposition. It is sort of friendship for friendship's sake, and is relatively pure in nature. Friendship among people in their twenties, however, is more or less coloured by personal motives, and friendship among those aged over thirty becomes correspondingly still less pure as it gets even more coloured. Though this is not necessarily due to degeneration of public morality, 
I do have good reasons to call it the tragedy of life. 人到了成年以后，彼此都有生活的重担需负，入世计深，顾忌的方面也自然加多起来。在交际上，不许你不计较，不许你不打算，结果彼此都勾心斗角，像七巧板似的，只选定了某一方面和对方去结合。这样的结合当然是很不坚固的，尤其是现代这样什么都到了尖锐化的时代。People at middle age, with the heavy burden of life and much experience in the ways of the world, have more scruples about this and that, and cannot choose but become more calculating in social dealings till they start scheming against each other. They always keep a wary eye, as it were, on each other in their association. Such association is, of course, fragile, especially in this modern age of prevailing sharp conflicts. 在我自己的郊游中，最值得细念的，老是一些少年时代以来的朋友。这些朋友本来数目就不多，有些住在远地，连相会的机会也不可多得。他们有的年龄大过了我，有的小我几岁，都是中年以上的人了。平日个人所走的方向不同，思想趣味境遇也都不免互异，大家误谈起来。也常会遇到说不出的隔膜的情形。Of all my friends, those I have known since childhood are most worthy of remembrance. They are few in number. Some of them live far away, and we seldom have an opportunity to see each other. Some of them are older than I am, and some a few years younger. But all of us are in late midlife. Since we have each followed a different course in life. Our ways of thinking, interests, and circumstances are bound to differ, and often we lack mutual understanding somehow or other in our conversation. 如大家画旧，旧事是彼此共遇的，而且大半都是少年时代的事。旧游如梦，把梦也似的过去的少年时代重提，因谈话的进行，同时会联想起许多当时的事情，许多当时的人的面影。这时，好像自己仍回归到少年时代去了。我常在这种时候感到一种快乐，同时也感到一种伤感。那情形好比老妇人突然在抽屉里或箱子里发现了她盛年时的影片。Nevertheless, when we talk over old times, we will always agree on things in the past, mostly about things in our childhood days. While we retell the dreamlike childhood days in the course of our conversation, numerous scenes and persons of bygone days will unfold again before our eyes, and we will feel like reliving the old days. Often at this moment, I feel at once happy and sad, like an old lady suddenly fishing out from her drawer or chest a photo of her taken in the bloom of her youth. 逢到和旧友谈话。就不知不觉地把话题转到旧事上去，这是我的习惯。我在这上面无意识地会感到一种温暖的慰藉。可是这些旧友一年比一年减少了，本来只是屈指可数的几个，少去一个是无法弥补的。我每当听到一个旧友死去的消息，总要惆怅多时。When chatting away with my old friends. 
I am in the habit of unwittingly channeling the topic of conversation toward things of former days. From that, I unknowingly derive some thought of warm solace. But old friends are dwindling away year by year. They are originally few in number, so the disappearance of any of them is an irreparable loss to me. The news of any old pal's death will invariably make me sad in my heart for a long, long time. 学校教育给我们的好处不但只是灌输知识，最大的好处恐怕还在给予我们求友的机会上。这好处我到了离学校以后才知道，这几年来更确切的体会到，深悔当时毫不自觉、马马虎虎的过去了。近来每日早晚在路上见到两两三三的斜着书包、斜了手或挽了肩膀走着的青年学生，我总艳羡他们有朋友之乐，暗暗的要在心中替他们祝福。The imparting of knowledge is not the sole advantage of school education. Its greatest advantage is perhaps the opportunity it affords us for making friends. It was not until I had already left school that I began to realize this advantage, and in recent years, I have come to understand it even more deeply. I much regret having carelessly frittered away my school days without making many friends. Recently, every morning or evening, whenever I see school kids with satchels walking in twos or threes, hand in hand or shoulder to shoulder. I always envy them for enjoying happy friendship, and inwardly offer them my best wishes. My hair thinning and graying, and myself no longer mentally and physically as fit as when I was young. I often suffer from a nameless loneliness. The most intolerable of all is the lack of friendly warmth and comfort, due to the gradual passing away and estrangement of more and more old pals. Needless to say, the number of acquaintances increases with one's age. The older one gets, the more widely travelled one is, and the more work experience one has, the more acquaintances one is supposed to have. But not all acquaintances are friends. We come to know many people either in the way of business or by mere chance, say having been at the same table at a dinner party. We may be on nodding or handshaking terms, call each other friend. Sometimes write to each other with the salutation of "dear so and so," etc., etc. All these are, in fact, nothing but civilities of social life, as hypocritical as the polite formula "dunshou," "kao tao," or "bye bye," a hundred greetings used after the signature in old-fashioned Chinese letter writing. We may call them social intercourse, but they seem to have very little in common with genuine friendship. Real friendship between two persons originates perhaps from the time of life when they were children playing innocently together. 
Real friendship is easily formed in primary or middle school days, when being socially inexperienced and free from the burden of life, you give little thought to personal gains or losses, and make friends entirely as a result of similar tastes and interests or congenial disposition. It is sort of friendship for friendship's sake, and is relatively pure in nature. Friendship among people in their twenties, however, is more or less coloured by personal motives, and friendship among those aged over thirty becomes correspondingly still less pure as it gets even more coloured. Though this is not necessarily due to degeneration of public morality, I do have good reasons to call it the tragedy of life. People at middle age, with the heavy burden of life and much experience in the ways of the world, have more scruples about this and that, and cannot choose but become more calculating in social dealings till they start scheming against each other. They always keep a wary eye, as it were, on each other in their association. Such association is, of course, fragile, especially in this modern age of prevailing sharp conflicts. Of all my friends, those I have known since childhood are most worthy of remembrance. They are few in number; some of them live far away, and we seldom have an opportunity to see each other. Some of them are older than I am, and some a few years younger. But all of us are in late midlife. Since we have each followed a different course in life, our ways of thinking. Interests and circumstances are bound to differ, and often we lack mutual understanding somehow or other in our conversation. Nevertheless, when we talk over old times, we will always agree on things in the past, mostly about things in our childhood days. While we retell the dreamlike childhood days in the course of our conversation, numerous scenes and persons of bygone days will unfold again before our eyes. And we will feel like reliving the old days. Often at this moment, I feel at once happy and sad, like an old lady suddenly fishing out from her jaw or chest a photo of her taken in the bloom of her youth. When chatting away with my old friends, I am in the habit of unwittingly channeling the topic of conversation toward things of former days. From that, I unknowingly derive some sort of warm solace. But old friends are dwindling away year by year; they are originally few in number, so the disappearance of any of them is an irreparable loss to me. The news of any old pal's death will invariably make me sad in my heart for a long, long time. The imparting of knowledge is not the sole advantage of school education. Its greatest advantage is perhaps the opportunity it affords us for making friends. It was not until I had already left school that I began to realize this advantage, and in recent years, I have come to understand it even more deeply. I much regret having carelessly frittered away my school days without making many friends. Recently, every morning or evening, whenever I see school kids with satchels walking in twos or threes, hand in hand or shoulder to shoulder, I always envy them for enjoying happy friendship, and inwardly offer them my best wishes.
感谢您收听今天的美文阅读节目。您也可以通过云听 App 在线实时收听美文阅读以及轻松调频的其他节目。想要查看美文阅读节目文稿，欢迎您访问网站 radio.cgtn.com。今天的节目就到这儿，我是沈听，我们明天见。